cliffcentral.com. It's Wednesday morning. I'm Sharon Dale, and I'm here with Jonathan Sinclair, and you're listening to Animal Central. I'm actually here today, John. I made it. Yes, welcome back made to the show, it. Sharon. Still don't have a car. Still oh, lying no. scattered on a mechanic's workshop somewhere. But I've got my son's car today, and it's all zippy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So are you maybe going to keep your son's car? Well, until I get mine back, eventually. So how, what is your son doing, the poor guy? No, well, he's stuck at home now. Yeah, I see how you operate, Sharon. I see you. Uh, you know what? He's my boy. He's been driving me around for the last two weeks. So today okay. he let me actually take his precious baby. Yeah. It's such a cool song, this uh, car, the sound system. Oh, I tell you what. Well, I'm actually enjoying the fact that now my older, my younger brother rather is learning to drive because then, you know, when you have to reverse the car in the driveway yes, and your mom wants yes. to wake you up, move your car. And I just said my, my little brother and he loves it. He's still so excited, so yeah. yeah. But anyway, this is the animal no, show, so Sharon. It's the animal yeah. show. It has been freezing this morning, yes. and um, I want to actually. We've got some awesome guests in today. We've actually got Deborah Blainen, who's the founder of Schnauzer Friends South Africa, and she's brought little Maximilian with to meet us. And then we've got uh, Penelope Morkel, who's the clinic manager for Free Me. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted to get Free Me in for a long time now because I've had a lot of dealings with them. Um, but before we get started on that, I actually. She just wanted to mention the June-July issue of Canine Zone is out on stands from today. Our celebrity is our own Casper de Fris. So yes, that, I think this is possibly read. the biggest. Oh, yeah. it's it's just so awesome. I yeah. mean, the, the interview that he did, it, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So don't miss it. There's also an amazing article in about a lady who volunteered to spend 24 hours in a shelter just to see what it's like from a dog's perspective. Mm-hmm. And what a story that is to see what it's actually like to be a dog. In a shelter, I think it'll so be cool to have a yeah. We should, we should try organize do that. that. Yes, we should do that. But uh, so, what cover can we look out for this month? Well, Sharon's this cover is zone. Schnauzer. A schnauzer. Mm-hmm. We are focusing our breedology on schnauzers, which is why we've got Deborah and Maximilian in today. Okay, now, but now this schnauzer on the front cover is this Maximilian? No, no, this no, is that's another not model. Maximilian, that's another model. Yeah. But as usual, we've also got how to choose the right toys for your dog, and something that I want to mention that is in this issue, and that is. The, the article's called When the Weather Turns Cold because mm-hmm. I can barely sleep at night, especially when mm-hmm. that cold, icy wind comes up. And, and now you imagine your animals outside. Animals. <gasps> yeah. And, I mean, if you'd feel cold out there, they would feel cold out there. And very few dogs enjoy it. I mean, possibly a husky mm-hmm. or an Alaskan Malamut might enjoy the freezing cold temperatures. But our dogs are domesticated. They need to be kept warm. So we've got this article um, in the magazine and how to do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if your dog is an inside dog, not a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's inside with you. The temperature is obviously going to be warmer. But the worry is people who want to keep their dogs outside. Very, very important to, to give them shelter. So it can be underneath a, a tarpaulin in a garage, somewhere where it's draft-free. When that icy wind comes up, it's not going to affect them. Um, a shed uh, underneath a carport, have them their own kennel. Those igloo kennels, uh, I think it's Jojo, mm-hmm. that make, are ideal. Um, nice warm soft bedding Make sure that the bedding is dry Because if it gets wet Yeah it's no good It's no good But you know Sharon You mentioned that some people Want their animals outside mm. I know that there are some dogs That don't like coming inside 
they would like they actually if a dog has been trained to stay outside, yes. it almost stresses them out to then say, okay, tonight you're in. coming in the house. Yeah. They kind of feel lost and it's out of their elements. Sure, if they've so, been raised yeah, outside. The, the, the solution then is outside shelter and just ensuring yeah, and that very, they are dry. And, yeah. and preferably off the ground as mm-hmm. well because the ground gets very cold. True. Yeah. Um, as I say, make sure that any bedding, pillows, something like that stays warm and, and dry. Don't let it get wet. Um, but again, if the temperatures really get harsh, it is better yeah, to bring them Sometimes into the I think uh, their life like is worth more than their uncomfortable, them sure. being uncomfortable. Rather sure. let them be uncomfortable inside for a night. Yes, then, then, then be outside yeah. because they can actually die of hypothermia. Of course, of course. That is a real possibility. But as, as you say, I mean, it depends. If your dog's been raised outside, it, it's a, a hell of a change for it to suddenly be brought inside. Mm. Um, but I, I think dogs do belong inside. No, <laughs> I for really sure. Do. Just a personal. But opinion. you know, my family had a situation where we we rescued a dog, mm. and he was about three years old at the time, and he had such anxiety about passing into the house. We, if you you literally had to pick him up, bring yes. him in, and then he would wet himself, oh, and shame. he really had. So whoever had him before, he was yes, definitely not allowed, not inside. allowed inside, and inside. he couldn't relax if he was inside. If you know, on really cold nights, you'd bring him inside, but then he would he wouldn't oh, settle down. Shame. So it was. It was a real challenge for us to find a way to keep him warm yes, without yes. forcing him, you know, to sleep in the kitchen. To or, sleep in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, there's there's actually heaters that you can get for outdoor um, mm. kennels, and and of course dog jerseys. Yeah. Very, very nice. I mean, I do try and put mine on my pit bull, and my bull terrier has her own pair of pajamas, but they do tend to take them off. Mm-hmm. But you can do that. I always make sure mine's got lots and lots of blankets and, mm-hmm. and things like that. They are inside, but you can do the same outside. No, for sure. And then, of course, nutrition is very important because when the weather turns cold, they need the metabolism food, is working food. faster, of course. Correct. So just make sure that. Well, it's funny that you actually wanted to talk enough. about this today, Sharon, because I think, especially in Joburg, mm. it, it is one of the coldest days of the year I found for myself. So, you know, tonight let's all just uh, keep that in mind. Yes, keep that in yeah. mind because it does. Mind you, I had a neighbour with, as I said earlier, huskies. Enjoy it. They had a husky. And a, and a German Shepherd, mm. and these dogs would not go inside. They would sleep in the middle of the of their lawn, mm. just out in the open. That's where they loved it. Well, so, of course, it comes back to the biology of it. Some dogs' fur is designed to keep them warm. You know, there's certain reactions when wind blows on the fur, yes. how the fur reacts, and that's why some people actually advise don't put a jersey on your dog because their fur is actually designed mm. to keep them warm. And when you put a jersey over that, it kind of yes. counteracts that or something like that a natural would effect. Probably overheat. Yeah. Possibly, oh, exactly. Because that's where they like the cold. They probably enjoy our winter more than our summer. Exactly. Because we actually are a bit too hot for, for those mm. kind of breeds. But anyway, just please, please, please make sure that your dog is, is warm, comfortable, well fed, and let's all keep safe and keep our doggies safe this winter. But now let's move on and speak to Penny. Penny, welcome. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much it's for inviting great me. Great to have you here. I've had dealings with Freemie when I found little birdies that have dropped out of nests in my gardens. And and the first thing I do is phone free me. Mm. And then you guys would send somebody out to come and take this little chap. And so let's start with what is it exactly that you do? Okay. Um, we basically deal with all indigenous wildlife. Um, so anything that needs to be relocated, that is injured, um, orphaned, abandoned, that is in need of rescuing, yes. um, we are there to help with that. Um, so basically birds, mammals, reptiles, even amphibians, oh. uh, we are there to help. We've got a African bullfrog at the moment who was dug out of his capsule. 
Because what they do is they encapsulate themselves in winter. They bury themselves underground. To hibernate. <clears throat> to hibernate. Oh, okay. And he was dug up during renovations. And there's not much you can do with them then because if you put them back on top in the in a pond or something, they're just going to die. So mm. we've got him at the moment. He's re-encapsulated himself in a tank of soil. And he's just going to stay there now for the next three months. What do they do? They like dig a they, hole. Yeah, they bury themselves in, into a little hole, and then they create like a mucus capsule around themselves that hardens. So, yeah, even frogs. Oh, <laughs> shit. Maybe I was a frog in a previous life. <laughs> I would love to hibernate yeah. in winter. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So now you've kept him there, and then when yes. spring comes, will he yeah, come Yeah, when spring comes, he'll actually dig up to the top of his sort of Soil box that he's yes. in now And we'll know then that it's okay to release him What I really like about Free Me is that you deal with All kinds of animals which really yes. requires A lot more speciality If you were just specializing in dogs or cats You know mm. all the equipment is the same All of the sort of enclosures yes, are the same yes. But when you can literally rescue any animal I, I would mm. imagine that brings in lots of other challenges Yes definitely I mean even if you just look at the number of vets That we work with We work with specialist vets in all the different areas and that's when you realize the number of expertise you mm. need you know there is a reptile vet specialist a bird specialist you know small mammals large mammals mm. etc so it does um really require a lot more yes, a speciality research vet. and specializing yeah but now like with the the toad that you mentioned they they also quite rare aren't they they're endangered. Uh, yes they are an endangered species um so Whenever you find one, please do look after yes, it. Please, don't kill it. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw a picture of one the other day. They're beautiful animals, but you don't see them. You don't hear mm. them. Yeah. You used to hear them at night croaking. Yes. Mm. Gosh, so why is that? Just people killing them? Um, you know, it's, it's habitat loss mostly. I mean, mm. uh, with pretty much most of the things that we used to find, especially in Joburg, in the outer areas like Fourways, Paulshof, Lone Hill, mm. Kailami, all of those areas where you used to have specific habitats for certain mm. species, Due to development, um, and, you know. I heard a big problem as well is people putting up walls. Yes. Um, things like chameleons and all these things are now yes, being affected and can no longer breed. Mm. Yeah, chameleons in particular, um, there used to be a lot of them in Joburg. I mean, I remember as a child, mm. you used to mm. see them in your gardens. Yes. Uh, they used to fall in the swimming pool. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and you just don't see them anymore. And that's because. That's people putting up six foot brick walls. I yes. suppose a palisade fence would be better. Why yeah. does it stop them from moving around? Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it makes it difficult. Sort of for them cuts to move. them off from the rest of their community. I mean, yes. you can't even. Can yeah, imagine. and you've also got electric fencing. It's a huge problem yes. for chameleons. Mm. Um, they often get stuck on electric fences and oh, die. Shame. And um, because we support feed birds in our gardens, we've got a far larger um, population of birds in smaller areas than you would before, and they are. Predators to chameleons. Mm. Even your normal garden birds will peck out the eyes of a chameleon. Um, oh, really? Just because, yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> so so they so are just becoming more rare in Johannesburg. Yes, yeah. and and you're quite right. Um, there used to be hedgehogs as mm. well. I remember hedgehogs mm. coming into our garden. You don't see them anymore yeah. either. Yeah, those you're still finding them. Sort of uh, Paulshof, you still get some hedgehogs, and then Kailami and out that way you do. But um, your suburbs, like your Bryanston suburbs, Parkhurst Park, more they used to have them and they don't anymore. Yes. 
Yes. Funny story. I saw two ring necks on the weekend that looked yeah. really happy in the wild. Mm. I was at a, I was at Galuli's farm, which is in the East Rand, and my friend said, "Look at that bird there." And I was like, "What?" He's like, "It's a green parrot." And then I looked, and it was a ring neck. Yes. And then later on, we saw another one, and they looked perfectly like they knew what they were doing. They're they went lost. Comfortable. Yes. Yeah. So it's just interesting that these domestic birds can actually survive in South Africa like that. Goodness. I wonder if ever we're gonna have colonies. And yeah, we do actually have a couple of ring neck colonies. Really? Um, there's. They probably escaped from Avery's about 30 years ago, I think they say. <laughs> and um, so the green ones that you're seeing now, there's established colonies in Morningside. There's one in Bryanston. So interesting. Um, yes. And it's the same with the uh, rosy-cheeked lovebirds. Oh, for you're real? You're seeing those little guys around in small colonies. Have you so. ever seen the documentaries about Australia and the the flocks of budgies that just yes. and they're actually a pest and I mm. think here in South Africa you know everyone <laughs> loves their little budgie and stuff yes. in Australia they actually they're they can't get enough of them yeah. Yeah. I mean they can't get rid of them fast <laughs> enough yeah. so, so Penny do you get a lot of calls from people that have found a bird falling yes. out its nest things like that um, yeah in summer especially I mean the phone will ring constantly mm. from you know 8 until 5 and then on to the after hours number as well so we do get yes very many calls. And, and I know you come out for, yes. for anything. I think I've given <laughs> do, about yeah. two, what are the little weaver birds little weavers, that have yes. fallen out? You know, unfortunately, a lot of the time, especially in the summer months, the baby birds that we are called for are actually ones that are just going through their normal process. So they're fledging from their nest and they would normally spend a day or two on the ground. Yeah. And because we've got dogs and cats, mm-hmm. suddenly it's not safe for them oh, anymore. So right. a lot of the time we do try and sort of mediate the situation and try and find a way for the babies to actually stay there because we always it's part of their process try and have them stay with their parents but it's interesting that you mentioned that because people don't know what to do with baby birds you don't Mm. know uh is it a fledgling that's just time to leave the nest and he's just hopping around or is it a bird that requires your help because Mm. the moment you touch it you're actually Mm. endangering it is is that not correct no, it's actually not true. You can um, handle birds without their parents rejecting, if that's what you're talking about. Mm, you know, yes, that, yes. It's actually a, it's a fallacy. Oh, really? okay. Probably something we were taught by our yes, parents to stop yes. us from interfering with things. <laughs> so you can actually handle birds, um, and even for a couple of days, they can be away from their nests. You can put them back, and they'll be accepted again. Mm. So you can help them yourself. You can help them yourself. I think it is always a good idea to get professional advice. Yes. Um, because even someone with the best intentions can unfortunately do a lot of damage mm. if they don't have the correct information sure. about either sure. the species or just the general behavior of that animal. I always yeah. try to look around for the parents. You can generally yes. see the a mother or a father looking out for it somewhere up on the roof. Yes, or, they generally will be someone yeah. watching them. Yeah. Yes. And and you say reptiles as well? So we're talking snakes yes. and, and lizards? Um, yeah, we get quite a lot of um, rock monitors and Nile monitors in. Um, funnily enough, we've actually been getting a lot of Nile monitors from um, around Monte Cassino lately. Really? <laughs> Because of that little river there. Yes. Um, and they've also been doing building a bit further down there with that road extension. And those guys have been living there. They do cook quite well in urban areas um, because they're very opportunistic feeders. They'll eat whatever they can. And um, we've had a, sort of two calls, I think, from the Pine Slope Shopping Center yes. to collect monitors that are in the parking lot crawling up and into the undercarriage big, of people's they? They cars. They can get quite large. Yes, they can get up to about two meters. Goodness. Um, so we get quite a lot of those guys in the rock monitors as well. Most of them are relocations. Yes. Um, but now in the winter months, they generally overwinter with us before we release them again. Yeah, just to, for yeah. their own sake, I think. Yes. Mm. Yeah, but I, I would imagine also you get 
things that are dangerous that you have to rescue is yes uh, um you know a lot of the calls we do get are snake hmm. um calls so a lot uh, we do have a list of qualified snake catchers who we do then refer those calls out to a lot of the time if there isn't anyone at the center who's available to go yes, yes. um but i myself do do a lot of the snake catching and relocating hmm. So one of the ones oh, we deal very with brave. a lot. <laughs> you know, snakes are like anything else. It's just understanding their behavior and what they cope well with yes. and what they're afraid of and what they what their general behavior what they need. is. I, know, yeah. I love yeah. I love snakes, but venomous snakes, <laughs> healthy respects. No, but I mean, uh, have you ever been bitten? Um, not by a venomous snake, okay. no. Okay. So but by a non-venomous <laughs> snake. <laughs> I, I have been bitten by a brown house snake, and that's okay. because I think you you. You're less careful with them. Um, there's not much no, venom involved true, there. Yeah, but they've yeah. got little teeth. But they do have latch. some teeth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what is the uh, um, venomous snakes? What are the most that you get called out um, to come and remove? Mostly it's wrinkles in this mm. area. Um, they just, this is their sort of main stomping ground yeah. around Joburg. Um, but you do also deal with um, puff adders a bit further north. Uh, we get a calls for puff adders. Uh, Mozambique spitting cobras. Um, but like I said, it's mostly the runcos. Yes. Luckily, you know, the Boomslang and the Mamba and the Cape Cobras, those probably the more venomous snakes are yes, not really Joe right snakes. Yeah. Yes. Do you think there's less, Penny? Do you think you get more, uh, less call outs now that they're becoming more um, extinct, uh, more endangered? I, I, I do think so. Um, you know, especially snakes. Unfortunately, there is a huge, uh, sort of stigma against them. Um, most people mm. will kill it before thinking of yes. relocating it. Um, and a lot of the snakes that we do get, unfortunately, are injured by the time we get them. Um, you know, somebody's tried to Try remove to their head with a spade yeah. oh. or something like that, and it hasn't worked, and then they're not too sure what to do, and yeah. then they will call someone. But the advice is, I suppose, just to make sure that they're s- sort of cut off. So if they're in a room, keep them in that room until yeah. people like you arrive. Yes. Yeah, we always say to them, please watch the snake. You don't have okay. to be standing next to it, but, it, yes. um, you know, you can't say... We'll come in half an hour. A snake moves around because it's yeah. either it's busy mm. trying to go somewhere, mm. it's hunting, or it's scared, so it's trying to find somewhere to hide. Mm. So if they haven't been watching the snake, by the time you get there, you don't know where it is. And then mm. it takes hours to tear apart a room or look in a garden, and a lot of yes. the time you don't find the snake then. Yeah, and then how do you yeah. sleep that night? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the advice we always give is please <laughs> is watch, watch the snake. It. We <laughs> had that situation. We lived on a farm out in Hartebeersport. And uh Egyptian cobra came yes. into the kitchen and I called the, the zoo to come out of the Heart to be a sport zoo and disappeared by the time they got there. <laughs> they couldn't find it. They searched that yeah. whole kitchen. In the meantime it had got into my fridge. Oh, gosh. And that night Third, yeah. it decided to come out and my cat alerted us to it. Well, so we goodness, managed so. to managed but it was actually out. here hiding in the fridge. Yeah. You know, funnily enough they often do go back into the backs of fridges and freezers the because the heating mm, element yeah. is there. Yes, yeah. yes. So that was quite scary. Sure. No, I would have been in a motel that night. <laughs> yeah. like. Well, he said it may be in the fridge. I was saying, take the fridge. Was, take, your, you. take the whole fridge. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I'm like that with park down prawns. If there's a park down prawn in the house, I'll, I'd rather know where it is yeah. than, than yes, let it I sneak up on you. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, I can cope with anything except park down prawns. Yeah, until everything. another family member arrives to deal with the situation. <laughs> I'll, I'll literally, I'll stand on the bed and watch it until uh, <laughs> arrives. No, they are there. Oh, yeah, but th- but now, Penelope, did you also get a lot of people bringing in uh, indigenous animals that they're not allowed to keep? Yes, um, unfortunately, as pets, that, that is a, a large a um, 
sort of aspect of what we deal with. Mm. And it can be quite um, upsetting at times because um, a lot of the time it's animals that would have required specialized care. Yes. And by the time the people bring them in, it's because they are no longer well or their behavior has changed in such a way because they've been kept incorrectly that they're no longer a nice pet. Yes. Um, and it just makes our job that much harder, either trying to get that animal well again mm. or trying to actually rehabilitate, rehabilitate it um, psychologically. It. Yes. Um, and that's something we deal with a lot, especially with uh, the Syracats, the meerkat. Um, that's a huge... Well, do people huge try and keep them as pets? They're a very common illegally kept pet really? in South Africa. Um, they are... They're a very social animal, mm. um, so they bond very quickly yes. with somebody because they're, you know, they're basically genetically designed to want that social contact. Okay. So they're very cute babies. I'm sure you've all seen them yes, on they're TV. Adorable. They're gorgeous yes. babies, um, but they actually turn into quite um, aggressive little animals. They are the mongoose family. Yes. So um, a lot of the time, people will get them as babies. They'll raise them, they'll keep them, and then when they reach sexual maturity, they start biting, they start um, spraying with their anal glands. Um, they often will bond with one person, mm. and then anybody else in the family or visiting friends or even um, pets, that they, they will start attacking. And they can be incredibly vicious. Um, we've had one or two in that the only reason they were brought in is they managed to kill the family dog. The I dog? Um, That's a horrible so, story. yeah, Jeez. so they do, they, and it's not actually the animal's fault, unfortunately. No, you know, it's, it's, it's not. The instinct. It's complete yeah. lack it's of not. understanding, yeah. I think this is the problem. We've had people in here from Monkey Rescue as well that have said the mm. same thing. Yes. Cute, cute, cute little babies. Mm. Shame. That's also something we associate yeah. with the monkeys. But yeah. then when they, when they grow up, they, they, they're wild animals. It's not mm. their fault. Yeah. Mm. You know, now you're stuck with this, and where do these poor creatures yes. go now? Yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, luckily with the meerkats, I think because they are social animals, although that is what makes them a problem for the people, it actually makes it easier for us to rehabilitate them because as soon as you start then fitting them into new groups, so we immediately then try and introduce those sort of abnormal meerkats in with others, that triggers the proper sort of response in them. They start creating new social hierarchies within the mm. groups we've put them into. Everything. So someone is going to be kicked out of the group eventually is that what you're saying well not necessarily i mean you will always have a loser in a group um okay. and a lot of the time if you look at any of these animals with intricate social hierarchies everybody has a job even if it's not the best job mm, okay. <laughs> so you will have your alphas and you'll have your baby minders and you'll have your food finders and your watches and then you will have the losers in the group that do everything that they can to curry favor but they still have a position in that group mm. um we do end up with quite a few groups because some meerkats just won't get together with other meerkats. But we try and get groups of a minimum of about six because mm. that means that that's a viable group that can be released together as a family with a you know an alpha male and alpha female, a breeding group. They're so like socially dynamic, mm, like yes. you know that yes. the, they each has a job and each, yes, you know very what I'm much saying? so. Yeah, they're like humans. I mean, <laughs> that in, that level of organization and yes. you right. know, this is what you do, this is what I their do. Their own way of communicating. Yeah, yeah. All of yeah. This. everybody has a job and everybody sticks to their job. Mm. So. so, Penny, do you have a, a a reserve or a shelter where all these animals go to? Um, you know, we have a couple of different reserves that we work with, where we've got uh, we call them pre-release 
enclosures or hacking enclosures. It's basically just a boma enclosure to put animals into before they're released into that environment. Um, so we do have a lot of grain reserves that we work with to do that for our larger animals, the mammals, the large birds of prey. Um, but a lot of our smaller animals, we actually release them out in the cradle. Oh, um, really? You know, at, um, there's a conservancy there, Crom Dry, that yes. we do a lot of releasing yes. on. Uh, so it's it's a good area to release in because it feeds into a whole lot of other areas that we know aren't developed because it is a World Heritage Site. Right. So right. it works out very well, actually, that yes. we're just around the corner from there. Yeah. And because, you know, often I get asked by people if they can volunteer, do you sometimes look for volunteers or people to, we, to yeah. babysit? You we're, know, we're always in need of volunteers. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think just because of the, the nature of volunteering, it is often quite a transient thing. You know, if you've got a year, a gap year here or a holiday mm. here or you're in between jobs, you'll go and volunteer. And then, unfortunately, most people don't have the time once yes. they go, get back into work. So we are always looking for new volunteers. Um People can go onto our website. There's an application form that they can download. And um, as soon as they've done that, they can come and they can start volunteering. They get chances to learn about all the different animals, the different feeding. Um, and there is also the chance to do yes. the hand-raising of certain species I was just once they're say, more experienced. Because yeah. that's, that's, there's a huge need for that because these mm. little babies that need to be bottle-fed and taken exactly. care of, mm. it's a 24-hour it job. It is, it is very much so. Mm. Yeah, all the little baby mammals we do send home with um, our more experienced volunteers once they've learned how to handle them because you do have to feed them every two to three hours, mm. even through the night. Sure. And, and so the center, although obviously isn't open 24 hours, you need them to go somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Someone who's going to stay uh, The website is freeme.org.za. Yes, that's okay. correct. Freeme.org.za. So it's anything like that, Penny, mm. if you find mm. uh, some wildlife in your garden or a little yeah. baby bird or a little mm-hmm. baby mammal, you're the first port of call yes. because you'll come out yeah. and, and we can give them the advice often, you know, you right. can just leave it there. Yes. Um, if it's fine or we can explain to you how to capture it and bring it through to us because that is also quite helpful if people can bring them through themselves. But as you were saying, sometimes it's not possible if you don't know how to catch the, the animal yeah. or no, sure. you're not sure of you're how to handle sure. it. Yeah. And, and you, sorry, John, you only I'll, deal with indigenous. Yes, that's okay, correct. So yeah. not the, the bearded dragons and yeah. that sort of thing. You know, thing. we do, unfortunately, we do get those in a lot of the time. Um, I think because people will try and take them to vets and a lot of the vets won't accept them because either they don't know how to deal with them or they also don't really want the problem of having that stray animal. Mm. So we do get bearded dragons and iguanas and mm. um, corn snakes. Mm. <laughs> okay. And peacocks are becoming more of a problem around Joburg. Really? Um, yeah, that's interesting. We get a lot of calls about peacocks, uh, feral peacocks, because people have obviously kept them. They are quite good flyers, or at least the peahens are, without that long tail. Mm. And um, you'll get a call from someone saying, oh, there's a peacock that's landed in my garden and they're here in Bryanston or something. So... We generally try and refer them to the SPCA, but the SPCA doesn't want to really doesn't want yeah. to be yeah. either. either. Um, <laughs> so, so Penny, again, let's just repeat. How can people get hold of you? You've got a phone number and a website. Yes, um, our phone number is 011-807-6993, and that's every day of the week, eight till five. Um, we do also have an after-hours number, which you know, if you phone through after after hours, that number will be given to you yes. on the. 
Okay, uh, on the answering line, machine, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so we are actually 24 hours. Um, Wonderful. And then our website, you're saying, is, is freeme.org.za. And uh, I also checked out your Facebook page. Pretty yes, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just freeme, hey? Yes, on it's, yeah, freeme. Awesome. awesome. Uh, we've also just started an Instagram account, um, which is uh, freeme Gauteng. Okay. Um, it's yes. only just started. There's <laughs> about ten pictures on it, but um, we'd love people to go and have a look. No, you guys kind of skipped the Twitter. You I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you guys, they went straight from Facebook to Instagram. To Instagram. <laughs> Oh. No, Penny, thank you so much for coming in today. Really bless you for all you do. Thank you. And again, if you find something in your garden, please don't kill it. Not necessary. Yeah. Rather call somebody to come and take care of it for you. All right. And then on the other side, we are chatting to a Schnauzer Friends SA. Hey? Correct. All yes. Right. We'll and be back. The guest of honor, Maximilian. Yes. It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go to the Cliff Central account. Tap connect. Then message to show Cliffcentral.com and we're back with Deborah Blaine, who's the founder of Schnauzer Friends South Africa, who's a wonderful community. They, they all, these are all people, Jono, that yeah. absolutely adore Schnauzers. Um, if you look in the next issue of Canine Zone, you'll see the pictures. All these people sitting, getting together, going for walks. All for the love of this amazing breed. And we've got Deborah Blaine in with us and our special guest, Maximilian. Welcome, Deborah. Thank and, you very And much. welcome, Maximilian. He can't answer us, but he is just too gorgeous. Uh, he's literally on the table. I yeah, just want to point that out. With his little blue tie <laughs> and it, on. He looks so at home. He's like used to being the center of attention, yes. I think. No, he's very, very chilled. Yeah. So, Deborah, let's start. Tell us why this is so exciting for me because we've traveled a long way getting this article together. Tell us how this began. Where did it all start for you? I got um, my first miniature schnauzer, Maximilian, in um, end of 2012. So he is your first He's baby. He's my very first. Oh, okay. And, you know, I wanted to be the best doggy mommy that I could possibly be. And mm-hmm. I really struggled to find information on how to f- what to feed the dog. I wanted him to have friends. I wanted to go on walks. I wanted to have a community of people that we could be like-minded together. Yes. And I started Schnauzer Friends South Africa in August last year, actually. And the goal was to actually start off having walks. So we actually have walks currently once a month in, in at the Delta Park in Johannesburg. We have up to 70 dogs coming along, Schnauzers. And we all walk together. We walk off leash. We just have normally an info talk, and everyone just yes. gets together. If it's a dog's birthday, we bring liver bread, and we sing oh. for the dog. <laughs> birthday <Yo>. party. <laughs> it's just really, really a fun community. And the more that we've done it together, with the more we've grown together. On top of that, we have also have a, a very active Facebook page, and we encourage people to um, share information about their Schnauzers and about their dogs having a nap, um, mm. sleeping, mm. getting mm. some treats. And it's really we've we've actually grown so big we nearly five thousand likes on Facebook. Wow, wow yeah. We um have walks now, regular walks in Cape Town and Port Elizabeth. P E, yes. So we really are spreading and um a, a large part of what we also do is rescue. Mm. So a part of having our community is to have a lot of fun, but also to look after the less fortunate schnauzies. Mm. Yes, yes. So we've got a, a hashtag called Getting the Wag Back, and I've got a rescue team of like-minded people, and we work together. We don't have our own shelter per se, our infrastructure. We a virtual rescue. So we 
um, network any doggies that are in SPCAs or shelters around the country, and we really make sure that they get a, get a home quickly. Yes. Right. Mm. Um, recently, we're very, very blessed to have uh, partnered with Woodrock Animal Rescue. Oh. So we're actually part of there. We're now part of Woodrock Animal Rescue. We're a division of Woodrock Animal Rescue. Oh, that's fantastic. It's amazing. So now we are actually part of a proper NPO. Yes. The reason for that was we just grew so big and um, so quickly and we were getting quite a lot of donations because recently we've been assisting a, 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 a what do you call a puppy farm backyard mm. breeder mm. to rehome 76 dogs and 50 puppies. So we've been getting a That's lot a of donations. Sure, it's big and yeah. we've been getting a lot of donations and assistance from our community. And then... Um, what happened two weeks ago, the 6th of June, the SPCA actually um, went in and bust another uh, Schnauzer puppy farm. So those dogs are all currently with the SPCA. Um, and they will you be say looking. They're in the 70s, eh? 70s. Yeah, I think they are open to correction. They were on about 73 little miniature Schnauzers that oh. were mm. bust off this puppy farm. So they, they will be home via the SPCA. We're trying to assist as much as we can. One of the things that one of the things we've done, which is just I'm so proud, we arranged um, what we called sh- uh, Schnauzer Friends Rescue Rehab Tummy Ticklers, <laughs> and um, one of my rescue team members, Jackie Chetty, is the head of Schnauzer Rescue Rehab. Jackie's in the magazine yes, as well. She's in the magazine. Yes, she's in the magazine. She's in the magazine. She's also featured. So she she was tasked to get the tummy ticklers together. We've got so much food and toys. What are the tummy ticklers? They, you know, the dogs that come from a puppy farm oh. are normally locked outside. They're yeah. not used to any, they, you know, schnauzers are meant to be loved. Mm. You know, I mean, Max, look at him. I mean, they just want mm. love and companionship. And these little doggies are just locked outside. Um, they don't get hardly any human companionship. We've been to the SBSA and also to the, to this backyard breeders farm. And they, some of them quiver when you even go oh, near no. them. That's so, terrible. so, so the rehab tummy ticklers is really to do that, to go there. Just get them used to a little bit of love. Yes, tummy tickle yes. their tummy. You know, we're cutting their nails. The team on Saturday and Sunday actually helped to dip the dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, they were covered in fleas, oh, etc. Yeah. So it's really passionate people who who love their dogs and want to give. Yes, and that's what I'm so proud of is that we're not a club. We don't ask for any um, like money. We don't mm-hmm. have rules. We're just a community that that loves really schnauzers. Loved schnauzers yes. and, and using social media. We managed to all come together. Deborah, and but that's fantastic because I think that over the last, you, you're talking about the horrible Schnauzer uh, puppy mills this last week, a, a terrible a Yorkshire, well, it was they were actually bust a while ago, Yorkshire Terriers. It's actually just getting out of hand. It is shocking. It is cruel, cruelty. These are so-called Cusa-registered breeders that mm. are breeding these dogs in despair. Despicable circumstances, and it has got to be stopped somehow. I think breeds like this, like you, you know, the Schnauzer breed that yes. seems very popular it's a little, and very. It's a lap dog. It needs yeah. love and, and attention. And I think the fact that their breed is so popular makes them at risk of these puppy mills. Hey? Any breed, hey Deborah? I think any breed is risk of puppy mills. It's for mm. the money. They exactly. want to make money. And I mean, that's what that's what I can't. Um, I'm amazed when I see these dogs how somebody can be so cruel. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, just to line their pockets. Just to line their pockets, and you know, and that's where the community fights is fighting back, and that's yes. what I'm really it's proud of. We started exposing the people's experiences on our Facebook page, and more and more people said, "Hang on, I also got a sick puppy from that particular breeder. Mm. Hang on, my mm. dog also died after two days, and they replaced it like a pair of shoes." Yes, and that's actually what happened. It was a groundswell of people saying, "We will not accept this anymore," and this 
breeder Good. has been taken out. Good. Unfortunately, you've got the aftermath of the little doggies that are now needing homes. A lot of them now? are unsocial. They need rehab. We've the, the other doggies that we're busy rehoming off the contract breeder's farm, and they were actually feeding dogs to this main breeder and then selling them under the same kennel name. So, so these are contract breeders. She contracts them to breed more stock. Exactly, they and call then they them get stock back to the farm when they are at a certain age, and they get and then sold she off. would sell them. Yeah, so it's very sad, and I mean, we, we're aware of, of quite a lot, at least 150 contract breeding dogs that we're feeding what? into this kennel on top of the additional dogs. But I mean, what, what's really sad is the condition of the dogs. We've just oh. paid through our community donations for a, a vet here, um, to go to the actual farm, mm. the, the contract breeding farm on Sunday. Chris Kritzinger, one of my rescue partner, he's Jeez. also Jeez. very active. He went with and they, they basically vet assessed 40 schnauzers. And this is paid through by donations, hey? Yes. We, we're funding this Hearing by donations people, from yes. our community. Chris is laughing because he, um, says he carried 700 kilograms of schnauzer. Uh-huh. On, on <laughs> he got his workout this on, weekend. On, on, on Sunday because they had to carry them, get them to the vet to have a look at and then take them back. So the vet went to the farm and then Chris also laughed because he said he had, um, he's going to kill me for saying this. He said he had piss. And gob and a mummy's milk <laughs> all over <laughs> <Everywhere>. him. <laughs> but I mean, that's what happens in rescue. You know, you really, you get so involved mm, and when you go home, you your heart, your heart is smiling yes. because you've made a difference to these dogs. We've actually rehomed 36 adults recently and 14 little puppies. That's and a lot. we, yeah, we, we've got another 40 to go that Schnauzer Friends is looking after. And then the SPCA has the 73 puppy mill dogs. And hopefully we've, our community has really made a difference because now we watch dogging. Yes. We're saying, hang on, that is not acceptable. That is Your so doggy cannot needed. leave home at mm. six weeks old. Your doggy cannot do this. And no. that's where I think social media is amazing. Yes, it does. It definitely helps. But now you mentioned Chris Kritzinger. He's got a super schnauzer called Percy. Tell us about Percy. <laughs> Percy is an amazing little character. He's actually one of our rescue schnauzers. He was, he came from a lady that said he was a depressed schnauzer. He was living, <laughs> a depressed out, schnauzer. He was living outside in the garden, oh, actually. Okay. So he was depressed. She said there's something wrong with him. I got, I got, I got her to bring him to me. I looked through our adoption records and I chose Chris because I'd met him before. He wasn't actually part of our rescue yet. And, um, they'd recently lost a schnauzer and I phoned him and I said, you know, I've got a special little boy for you. And Percy's special. His little ears, one ear sticks up, the other one's down. And now Percy is just over, over, not even overnight kind of. He just turned into the most amazingly loved boy. And he's now on our page. Yes. Um, he's one of our celebrity schnauzers. So mm. he's called Super Schnauzy Percy. <laughs> and he, he's the protector of all schnauzers. Of all schnauzers. So he, he'll help the Easter bunny because my little Thomas, I've got a reckless little naughty puppy called Puppy Thomas. Puppy <laughs> Thomas ate the Easter bunny. <laughs> and then Super Schnauzer Percy, um, helped the Easter bunny to deliver all the Easter eggs. So oh all the, these are all little stories that go on our yes. Facebook page and, um, Tommy's in love with puppy Betsy and they swap presents and, um, you know, there's super schnauzer of Percy and, um, there's little Bongo. They belong to the Marburgs in Pretoria and Bongo, um, is in love with Mystique. Oh my You know, there's, and, and I mean, story and you, must, <laughs> you must see the, 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 the scandal that goes on the page, but it's so fun and everybody just re, and it's all about just having fun with your dogs. Well, this picture you know? I was showing Jono earlier of all these people on one of your, your walks and all these schnauzers. I mean, some, you can't I wonder how would you know who's your which is your yeah, schnauzer because they all look the you same. know you you learn over time the first our walks have grown bigger and bigger and now what we do is we say guys please you 
have to have a collar and a tag, and you need to have a bright colored bow or something, something on your dog. Something that you can recognize. Everybody, it's, 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 we call it organized chaos, and we're quite mm. proud of it. But it, the dogs all arrive, they run around like yes. hooligans, and, and we they all, all go, get along. And yeah, everyone gets along, and it's so fun, and you just all call the dogs. But we've had to say to people, tie bright colored ribbons and See, stuff yeah. on, on, on it's identify. It's a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people are going to fight for their dogs. Taking like, no, the wrong dog. <laughs> and Deborah, you were telling me the other day about your wonderful birthday parties and tea parties. Oh, Tell yes. us about that. Um, Max, um, I've spoiled my schnauzers a lot. So what we've done is... Um, <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we started off when Maxie's birthday, we... Um, we had a doggy caterer, so uh, Laura from Happy Tales Doggy Daycare in Bryanston, amazing lady as well. Um, we got a do- she she arranged a cake, so we had a cake with Max's photo on top, and we did party packs. We had about twenty different schnauzers come to our house, and we all <laughs> just have a party and celebrate <laughs> with helium balloons, and it's just you know it's just fun. Yes, and yes. and that's what we're trying to uh, encourage is it's about fun and it's about loving your dogs and your dogs mm. being part of your family. And it is wonderful because it it does encourage people to get together and communicate and socialize. I think these days people lock themselves away. Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm very proud of with the walks is, you know, some people come along, they're nervous, Mm. and I say, guys, just enjoy. Let your dog off the leash. We sort of together do what you're comfortable with, and they come back, and some people say, oh, it's the best day ever. Yes. And I've had people come to me and say to me, you know, the very first thing I do every day is look at the Schnauzer Friends South Africa Facebook page Mm. because it makes me happy. And your newsletters that go out are also wonderful. You know, it's just about spreading happiness and, yes. and at the same time we help the less fortunate schnauzers yes. and because we're having so much fun when we when we ask for help like for the, for the schnauzer rescue we have tummy ticklers mm. we get a great people come along and and it's the amazing thing of giving you know what I mean? Giving to, to, mm. to the less fortunate schnauzies. No, and that's our hashtag sure. is getting for the sure. way back. I mean, our own Damon Calvary is a, is a schnauzer daddy. Yeah. And of course him, and I know you work closely with Francois from Keystone Schnauzers. Now, now Francois is a very reputable breeder. Yes. Francois is an amazing guy. And, um, yeah, Damon loves his little ones so much. Well, he actually featured in, uh, yeah, he was in the zone. previous yeah. issue. He was the celebrity. With uh, his schnauzers. Yeah. yeah. Because they're such happy little dogs. They, they're very different. Yeah. They've got uh, this character. Damon sends his schnauzer to uh, what I think he calls it sex camp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At Francois's place. Yeah. <laughs> and I think shame. This poor dog. <laughs> Max is actually a Keystone schnauzer. Yes. So he is actually from Francois. And um, I wanted to say Francois, he's the one breeder who attends all our walks. He does talks for us on nutrition. He's Really is a reputable breeder, mm. you know, no, he's and he gives us back some amazing he, articles. And he does; too. he gives back to our community, and that's the contrast between your backyard puppy farmers who really don't care, mm. and the breeders that really do care and, inv- and invest in their dogs. Yes. And um, as I said, our community now, warning to all the little backyard breeders who might be listening, we we onto you now. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. we, we we're a powerful community with social media now. You ain't gonna get away with it no. anymore. Yeah. And I think the SPCA, we've had them in studio often. They also very on top of it at the moment mm. they're also getting out there it's got to stop because the, these are the the feeders of the pet stores and the exactly. junk mail yeah. ads and but the, it's, it's and through it's education shopping. and that's what yeah. we've done if you look at our website it's uh, 
www.schnauzerfriendsza.com. We have some information on nutrition, you yes. know, what to feed your dog, you know, what schnauzers shouldn't eat. You know, try, we try and encourage them to give their dogs varied diets, not just to feed them pellets, to try and give them, you know, some raw food, vegetables, like happy mm. to eat fruit. Oh, that's interesting. You know, there, there really is, you can do a whole little session again on nutrition. Yes. You know, on what they should be eating. We've got stuff on how to groom them. We've got, I've got an information on how to throw a schnauz at a birthday party, by the way. I nearly thought you were going to say how to throw a schnauz, but then I, I thought. No, <laughs> I guess I thought so. I thought, what, Never. what is she going to say in our. We've also got our, our famous, uh, it's called Max Rose and Thomas's liver bread recipe. Yes. That's you must see the recipes, John. They look delicious. I mean, I wouldn't mind. She brought some out just now for Max. They look delicious. You know, uh, I think Max especially has a very good life and he's just yeah. really a happy dog. It, it makes me feel well, warm Max, Max, Yeah, Max was the inspiration behind uh, yeah. Schnauzer Friends of Africa. So I'm very proud of him because he's changed so many um, schnauzies lives yeah. you know and also you know I wasn't even a dog person before I got schnauzers I was a cat mm. person and these little schnauzers I just want to warn anybody listening if mm. you don't know schnauzers um, they steal your heart eh? and they're addictive so, so if you're going to get one schnauzer schnauzer characteristics what would you say they are loving mm. um, gentle fun they just want to be around you the whole time. You know, they communicate. They just – and, oh, they one of the very special things about them is that they don't shed any hair. So they're very popular. Oh, okay. um, they're very clean. Um, they're hyperallergenic for people who, who have a problem with that. But they really do. They need to be inside dogs and be part of your yes. family. And what grooming? I like – They do need a yeah, lot of grooming. Yeah, they need grooming about every six weeks. It's quite a specific schnauzer cut. I actually – through Schnauzer Friends South African Francois, we ran a grooming course in March. I actually groom my own schnauzers oh, now. Really? Um, but they're just amazing dogs and they're soft and they, you know, they really do need to be not living outside. They need to be actively part mm. of your family. Yes. You know, yes. they, they want to watch TV with you. They want to ride in the car. They want to. And they're good with children and they've, they've, other they've, animals, cats, for example. You know, I can't guarantee you they're good with cats. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's how they're raised. You know, I've got three cats and, and I got mine as puppies specifically for that. And they, every now and again, when I'm not looking, I see them chase the oh, cats. Okay. But it also depends on the cat's personality. I've got one boy cat and I mean, he's the boss. He just gives them a, a, a paw and they go running and the one little girl cat they chase. So I think it, they, they, they're known to be, uh, what do you call ratters. So they're meant to be ah, chasing things. But, okay. you know, we live in harmony at home. So, uh, it just really depends. I guess like any dog, it's, it's it's, it's how you bring them yes, up and, yes. and what they... And you have the two at the moment. I've got three schnauzers. Okay. I've got Maximilian and then I've got his little sister, Rosabella, um, and then the puppy, Thomas. So puppy's a, puppy, Thomas, is about nine months old and he's a real he's celebrity. He's the problem dog. Yeah, he <laughs> is the naughtiest. There's always one. He is, I don't know, he's the naughtiest little dog you've ever seen and it's so cute on the website, I mean on our Facebook page, every time any dog any dog does anything naughty, mm. he gets a half hour from Puppy <laughs> Thomas. From Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so wonderful to pe- see people getting together for the love of a specific breed, all yeah. these animal lovers. You yeah. know, the power of a community, mm. you can't underestimate. Very I'm so. very proud of my there community. There really are little communities. Like, I mean, the other day we had the Labrador people in. Yes. Everyone who comes in with their specific breed is so passionate about right. that breed. Absolutely. And it's like they almost dedicate their lives to that, which is just amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, it is. And I mean, I saw your, your newsletters that you sent out. It's so full of news and makes you feel part of it. And, 
Mm. I, I wish, I mean, I would have every breed in the book. Yeah, if I Sharon could. would. I think Sharon would have every animal in her. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's locust. I, I think, I think <laughs> like that. One of the things that we've definitely achieved with our community is um, showing people that there's so many people that their dogs, where their life revolves yes. around their dogs, and it's normal, and it's and it's cool, and it's acceptable, and yes. the dogs and are it's becoming more so. I 100%. think people are being, they are aware, and and they are taking better care of their pets. Yeah, and that yeah, it's, it's about are. education. You yes. Know, so Deborah. People want to get hold of you. Your Facebook page is called Schnauzer Friends. We Schnauzer Friends South Africa South on Africa. Facebook. Right. Um, our website is um, schnauzerfriendsza.com. We're also on Twitter. Um, we on um, Instagram. We've got a, a regular newsletter. Fantastic. So, and, and then and you the, in Canine Zone, we, we've got an ad in there with all your details on as well. Yes. How people can and our, get and our, and our mailing address is Schnauzer Friends. ZA at gmail.com. So there are quite a lot of doggies that are going to be coming up for adoption via mm. the SPCA. So you can actually mail us and we can send you the details. We also have a whole lot of doggies that we're busy rehoming via our yes. Schnauzer Friends community so with the assistance with Woodrock. But as I said, they're very special doggies. So we're very fussy about who we yes. adopt our doggies out to. No, no, which is a good thing. And, no. I, and I see Maximilian is ready to go. He's yeah, now he got up and said, the enough, show the show's over. done. Yeah. But we'll be back again next week. Deborah, thank Thank you so much for joining yes, us today you. and for all that you do, another animal angel. Next week, we've got a very interesting show. We've got Urso Nega, who publishes Animal Talk Pony and HQ. Mm. That's going to be amazing to speak to him and see all the good things that they do out there to help animals as well. And then we also got our resident vet. We mm. got Dr. Dr. Clint in uh, to talk about a horrible disease that I cannot pronounce that come fr- comes from beetles mm-hmm. and, and causes an infection in dogs that you really need to know about. So we'll be back next week to talk about that and until then Jonathan said it for me last week but give your dogs a hug from us cliffcentral.com